What's up, guys? This is Thomas Shields alongside my co-host, Tyson Apostle, and you're listening to Pickle Pod. Boom! Pickle Pod. Oh, we got some music, too? Yeah, but it's over. It's already ended. Okay, that's cool. I like that music. Uh, Our inaugural podcast, Thomas. How do you feel? I feel pretty good so far. I mean, you might want to ask me like halfway through and see if this was a complete regret or not. But right now I feel positive and uh, I feel great. And for those that do not know you, Thomas, where do you come from? How are you here? I come from Michigan. Um, I'm here through uh, my computer. It's a Mac. Yeah. Uh, It brings me in virtually. Okay. I, uh, how, how far back do you want me to go? You're with the dink. How are you related to the dink? A lot of people know the dink in pickleball. You do a lot of, uh, dope media, I would say. Thank you. And, uh, what is your relation to the dink? Are you the man behind the dink? I'm not, I'm not the man. I'm one of the men and hopefully one of the many men as we build it out. But and I originally started the dink as a newsletter almost a year ago now, and it's grown into all the random stuff that we do across social media, our live blog, now a podcast. Um, I say live blog, our blog, which is the dinkpickleball.com, first plug of many. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited to be here. Tyson, I think you need to give them a little background on you, though I did do a good job of it in our newsletter yesterday. Perfect. Uh, I am a four-time Survivor contestant. I've been on other TV shows as well, so I guess like a pseudo-celebrity who fell in love with Pickleball and uh, have gotten a lot of support from Fila Pickleball and Gamma Pickleball and Pickle Play app to further my reach in the world of Pickleball. And now I've joined you with this podcast And uh, each and every week, we will be here with a new guest in the pickleball world. And today, for our inaugural podcast, we found it fitting to have kind of the man of the hour for the last handful of hours in pickleball, uh, boyfriend to Miss Wisconsin and the Rancine Rocket, Zane Navratil. Well, I mean, I think it's all downhill after this one. You guys might not make it past the pilot, but, but uh, no, I'm excited to, I'm very excited to be here. Uh, Tyson and Thomas, you guys have become good friends of mine uh, over the past, you know, whatever. I've really only known you guys for about six months, but uh, it's, it's cool to be here friend? and cool to be. Who's the better friend? Um, well, I'm more of a dog person. So you forgot to mention that I am the the dog dad of, of Murray, who's also on Instagram. And, uh, I would, I would put the two of you both ranked behind him, um, okay. by a pretty wide margin. Really smart answer. I like that. It was a non-answer. I don't, don't do that all podcast. No, that's, that's survival <laughs> for you, dude. That's I don't, exactly. I, Skirt every single question no. and never give a straight opinion. Zane's really too politically smart. correct. Zane, do you remember the first question I ever asked you when I interviewed you in Mesa, when I had no idea what I was doing? Uh, I don't know if I do, but I, I'm very, very seldom accused of being politically correct. So I appreciate that. Do you know what you're doing now, Thomas? What? Do you know what you're doing now? You said that, you interviewed uh, him when you didn't uh, know what you were doing. We're, le- yeah. we're learning with your guidance. I love so it. So thank you. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Zane, uh, what have you been up to? Playing pickleball. Well, you won. I want to hear it. Oh, go ahead. Well, I wanted to hear what the very first question was. No, I don't remember the very first question, oh. Thomas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I put the mic in front of you. The mic didn't work, by the way, which was almost the case here. And I think I said, and we didn't even know each other at this point. I think I said, Zane, first question, why are you above the rules of pickleball? So even back <laughs> then, your serve was like in question and causing a stir. And That was the start of it. Yeah. That was the start and of it all. Was- that was, you were staying at my house, Zane. And that oh, really? was Mesa mm-hmm. in February. Was that February? It was, yep. And you had just come out with the Zane Saw Serve maybe a week or two previous. And it was all anybody could talk about everywhere you turned on Facebook, on Instagram. If you were talking about pickleball, it was the Zane Saw Serve, which right. has morphed and morphed and morphed into what it is today. And now everywhere I go, 
even on my local courts, there's some doofus flinging the ball up in the air with some crazy spin, trying to get more spin on it with his paddle and hitting maybe one of the worst serves I've ever seen. But you somehow make it look really graceful. Yeah, I feel like I've single-handedly destroyed the serve of more people in pickleball than <laughs> than has ever ever been imaginable. <laughs> like exactly. definitely, you know, the serve the serve works for me, but for the vast vast majority of of people, like you go do that this, and then you end up missing a million more serves. So <laughs> yeah, and was this your plan the whole time? Yeah, just uh, just stifle the competition, distract yeah. them. Um, yeah, make it so that there's no Let's new go. players coming up through the ranks because they're all trying to perfect something that uh, that actually has no impact. So, <laughs> <laughs> so good. Uh, and uh, Thomas, we uh, we have a lot of topics today. We got to get to them because we're only here with you for an hour's worth of pickleball. Because uh, a, we don't want to wear out our welcome. We got to keep you there, wishing there was more, so that you join us next week. So, uh, Thomas, what's our, uh, what's our first topic of discussion? What's the first topic? All right. Yeah. Well, so it, it almost, it could have been a good segue if we were a little, a little, a little better prepared. Smoother. Yeah. And we'll get there. But I think just talking about it, potentially having been a good segue is a pretty decent segue. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that would have been a perfect segue. Here we are. I, I, th- I think so too. And the segue would have led to the Chicago open which took place this past weekend. And I don't really want to really like go through the results. Um, I'd, I'd love to hear like what you thought about the tournament, but really what I want to do is I want to walk through that sequence that unfolded between you and Rob Cassidy, because nobody was talking about it. And then when I went back and, and watched the clip, it was awesome. Uh, do I need some backstory on this or is yeah. he going to give me the backstory? Yeah. Well, Jane, do you, do you, you can give like what you thought about the tournament in general, and then we can do that, or we can get right to the the good stuff. I mean, obviously, I'd love to relive my weekend in, in its entirety, but let's just get to the to the good stuff. Yeah, and so I mean, Zane I, won doubles, right? You won the men's doubles there. Yeah, and actually, well, I'm growing out a a playoff beard since the last time that Altaf Merchant has lost a hand battle. So, um, okay, you know, might have to shave over wow. in Atlanta. We'll see. But it's a new look Hopefully for me. Not. I'm trying it out. Um, I love yeah. it. Okay, so, so let's go to this Rob Cassidy and lay it all out for us. Were you playing against each other? What was happening? Yes. I'll, I'll, I'll walk. Do you want to walk through it? Or I could just read what was in the newsletter because I think it's like a good summary and it's concise. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Thomas. Okay, cool. So in, in uh, I would say like the, the first point that was scored in the match, Zane, you body bagged Rob. It wasn't the worst one in the world. Um, but you did get them. And then the next point you guys lost. So now you guys were serving on the two. So you were serving to Rob. It would have been what? One zero two. And, uh, you kind of did one of your screw balls, one of your spin serves. And, uh, he had not a ton of trouble with it, but enough that he sent the return long. So now you're, so you guys get the point you're crossing over. He's walking to the net. And he looks at you and he shouts, which is audible for everyone, a sarcastic, congratulations. At that point, you kind of turn back to Morgan Evans. And I don't know what you said, and maybe you can fill in, fill in the blanks here, but you made some sort of comment. You guys played the next point and won that one. Then you were serving and it was 202, right? Uh, and, it would have been, oh, yeah, okay. Big uh, yeah. three, because. And, and so I believe my comment to to Morgan and, and part of the fun backstory is I'm pretty sure I mentioned that that acing Rob or, you know, in pickleball, we use the term ace as just a missed return in tennis and ace is a, a ball that you can't get a paddle on. Uh, I think we kind of use the term ace in pickleball as just a return that somebody can't get back or a serve that somebody can't get back. And so I, I turned to him and said, that's not going to help my, uh, my case with the rules committee. <laughs> yeah. If I keep doing that. So. Right. Right. No, that was after you hit like the actual ACE, which was mm, the next yeah. serve where you did a screwball and, and Rob Cassidy, like, no offense, Rob, I love you. You were like flailing all over the place and he could not, and he completely whiffed it. And then he's, and then he's like, he like hits the ball back to you with a little bit of oomph to it. And that's when you turn to Morgan Evans and you say what you just said, which was 
Awesome. Well, yeah, I mean, like, so Rob and I get along very well, actually. Uh, and Morgan did a very good job. I think I watched the I watched the live feedback. He did a, a pretty good job of uh, adding to the the drama of things because yeah. it wasn't actually it wasn't as intense as he might make it sound. Um, and also throughout that match, we had a lot of of dink rallies back and forth with me up the line from Rob, and you know he made it sound like that was more of a, a pissing contest than a than an actual legitimate strategy. And if you watch, both of our strategies were kind of trying to bait the other person to to attack, and so we were having these kind of uncharacteristic backhand to backhand because we were stacked dink rallies down the line, which you very, very rarely see in, in pickleball, that type of rally. And so it wasn't, uh, at least for me, it wasn't like an ego thing. It was a strategy because if you watch that right. match, the person who was speeding up first was was losing those points. And so we were just trying to, to bait one another to do it. So Got it. Wait, so I think I missed a, like a really key component that I should have laid out. And one is you're obviously the most outspoken uh, proponent of, of the serve and not uh, making the change, which is uh, potentially going to happen. Rob Cassidy is on a USA Pickleball Rules Committee and will actually be uh, offering his input on whether that should change. And he's probably one of the, and I've heard this from a lot of people, one of the most outspoken opponents of, uh, of your surf. So that, uh, that definitely played a role in, in, in all the drama as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, may have contributed. Yeah, yeah. For the folks at home, Zane, you don't have another serve in the works for if this serve gets canceled that's going to be Great unleashed question. and unveiled upon the world at the time that uh, they think they've finally gotten you. Oh, of course I do. <laughs> You're just going to go to the Morgan Evans, aren't you? Yeah. So, I mean, like I've, I've done, I did that report that was in the Dink newsletter, which you guys yep. checked out. Uh, uh, and Morgan's serve using the hand is, is actually a more effective way of, of generating RPMs on the toss. And RPM is basically what makes the, the, the serve so difficult to do. And so under the proposed rule changes, the way that I toss would be illegal. The way that Morgan tosses would continue to be legal. And so uh, I'm working that, on that as a contingency. And uh, I think that that... Morgan's toss is far more difficult to read than mine. I mean, my toss should be pretty obvious where it's going to bounce. I'll just put it at that. Got it. Okay. I mean, I saw you and uh, and um, Michelle Escobel trading comments in in uh, on Facebook, which I thought was I thought was funny. And you said something along those along those lines, or you implied it. Yeah, well, is, uh, you know, playing with and against Michelle is, it's a very different tone of nice serve, Zane. <laughs> is, uh, what about Rob Cassidy? I'm going to ask about him, too, with the Morgan Evans serve. Does he have an issue with the Morgan Evans serve? That I don't know. I ask him. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. I would, I would Just guess. thought I'd ask. Okay. Well, that's exciting. Uh what uh, do we have any feeling for whether or not this your Zane saw will be canceled? Like what is percentage wise? If you could say right now, like, okay, that's leaning this way or this way. Is there a feeling or is, is it still just up in the air? I would say I would have to put it at about a 90% chance that uh, the, the chainsaw <laughs> yeah. will be canceled. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I hate to see it go if it does leave, but I'm so excited to see what you come up with next. Uh, because, uh, right, the rules, you you look at the rules, you study the rules, you figure out what how you can work within their parameters, and then you do what uh, is most advantageous, think a little outside the box. And that's, uh, that's how all sport has progressed. And sometimes it does get shut down in this way, and that's not uncommon, but uh, something new will arise. So, cool. Uh, Thomas, do you want to segue into the next one? Do, do, do we have some clean segue somewhere? Yeah. Oh, clean segue. Oh, yeah. that's a, that's a perfect segue for, for the next topic here. Actually, let's, 
Let's keep things organized. I want to ask you about the PPA Orlando Cup that's this weekend. By the way, uh, rain delay apparently announced, and they're going to resume at 3 p.m. Eastern. But uh, why aren't you playing that one, and uh, are you going to be watching? Um, so uh, I'm not playing it because I've had clinics arranged uh, for, for a pretty long time here. Um, and I'm, I'm heading to New Jersey this weekend at the Randolph Tennis and Pickleball Center. Um, pretty pumped to, to do it. And, yeah, entirely honestly, I, I think I've been taking it a little bit easier than, than most of the pros with their, with their schedule. Um, I try not to play back-to-back weekends. Um, I've definitely been feeling it after Chicago for the last two, three days. And, you know, next year there's going to be 52 tournaments. We're going to have to have to pick and choose. So I think it would have been cool to go play Orlando, especially it's pretty big news that, uh, that it's going to be covered by tennis channel. Um, but you know, you snooze, you lose, I guess I won't be there, but I'm going to go, going to go do some teaching. All right. Now, now that's a good segue. You talked about the, the number of tournaments. It's going to be more than 52. If you think about like TOC, US Open, et cetera, right? Like there's a lot of other tournament bodies out there putting on what I would say are pretty legit tournaments that aren't associated uh, with the, the APP or, or PPA. So um, Rob Nunnery, uh, one of the top pros and who has a, a podcast, uh, he, he's frequently blogging. He put a blog out there. Um, the first one was really like just breaking down the cost of pickleball, how it prices out any any young gun who's trying to get into the game like from the get-go unless they have some sort of means to uh, to fund the travel and, and all of that. So we, we kind of run into a number of different issues, one of those being like just attracting new talent. Um, one of the other issues, and he released another blog on this and kind of proposing some solutions. Maybe you can talk about what you might propose as far as as solutions to this but the number of tournaments in general um is kind of insane especially next year i mean it's going to be one every single weekend right yeah yeah most definitely um i guess one of the solutions that that i would propose is first off i think that competition in a lot of ways can be good and i think that the competition right now between the app and the ppa is actually benefiting the players in some ways and in some ways it's not but they're they're both trying to attract players to their tour which has led to a very very rapid increase in prize money and they're both trying to do things like the ppa is now going to be paying out per round next year the app has created those those player stipends for people in their in their rankings and in a vacuum i don't think either of those tours would have would have taken those steps to attract players if it weren't for the competition with, for the others. Um, so in terms of, of breaking through, I, I actually disagree with, with Rob in this a little, a little bit, right? I think we're fortunate in that there's an ex, a ton of opportunity within pickleball to, to either grow an audience or to generate income. And that is not through the playing right now. I don't view my playing as a as a standalone sort of entity of generating income. I view my playing as a marketing expense, which sometimes I can generate income, which is great, right? I'm out there playing. I use my ranking to generate uh, interest for for my clinics, which I do across the country, and that's where I generate my my true income, and that's where opportunities arise from. So. Yes, pickleball is extremely expensive if you're just looking at the dollars and cents of going to the tournaments. But those tournaments give you other opportunities to teach, do clinics, right? I just saw Rob and AJ Kohler, I believe, are going to be doing some clinics in Atlanta, which if they weren't spending the money to go to these tournaments, they wouldn't have anybody signing up for their clinics because nobody would know about them. So I I think it's an expense on the – I think it's certainly an expense, but I think it's an investment. So. What about what about uh, sort of the argument that we should be putting the best product possible out there on the court? And having too many tournaments means, um, you know, some of the top players, a lot of the top players aren't going to be able to make it to all of them. So the field isn't going to be as deep. The talent's not going to be there. 
the product is ultimately going to suffer. And that's going to be detrimental to attracting sponsorship dollars, new people investing in the sport, which then in turn uh, ends up being less money in the pros pockets, right? Sure. Well, I mean, I would view it as any other product that's on a shelf of a supermarket, right? If it's bad, you're not going to buy it. If it's good, you will, right? So if there are good tournaments out there, whether they're PPA, APP, USA Pickleball, whatever, people consume the good product and not buy the bad product, not watch the bad product. So the APP might have to dump half of their tournaments that didn't get any viewership, right? But if they have some that are successful, they'll double down on them. Same with PPA, same with USA Pickleball. So I think we're in an expansion phase where both tours are just trying to get as much as they can on the calendar. Some are going to work, some aren't. Um, but I'm not, not, I'm not necessarily afraid that that's going to negatively impact our pockets. Yeah, got it. Personally, I think, I think it'll all work itself out. Um, and I think we're just in, we're in a growing stage and, uh, and I think, um, you know, we'll have, we'll have growing pains like that. So, um, I do like your point though, that these tours going head to head, it breeds innovation and they have to take extra steps to put a better product out there at the end of the day. So might yeah, be a, I think so that positive there do the, uh, so you said that if they weren't competing against each other, then they wouldn't have brought all that prize money, et cetera, this and that. If one tournament wins out over the other and one ends up evaporating, will that tournament then have any incentive to continue to pay the pros what it's been paying them? Um, when you say that tournament, I wonder about that tournament body, because tournament body, if, correct. So let's say the PPA, they've got contracted players. They're keeping people away from other tournaments. Then the because of doing that, for some reason, the APP can't keep up. And then it's only the PPA in existence. And then what's to keep them paying these uh, appearance fees to pros? Right. Uh, I do worry. For them. I worry about that to to an extent as well because once you have if you've monopolized the 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 market you don't have that incentive to to pay out anymore right like right. if you if you own a monopoly in something you can you can jack up the price and not face repercussions however i do think that anybody there is a pretty low cost to entry to to running a a tournament so if somebody There'll came through competition and yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I think if, if one of the tours wins and they start really screwing over the players, I think that the, I think that another tour may come in or one of the tours may have a resurgence. Um, so I think there's, there's probably truth to both sides of that argument. So I come from a professional cycling background. I didn't say that before cause I wanted to remain a little humble and, uh, at a certain level of team, you get an appearance fee based on also the level of the race. So you find where the level of the race versus the level of your team correlates, and that's your team's appearance fee, which then is split between the riders or used to cover some of the costs or expenses of the team uh, getting there or whatever. Uh, is there some type of players coalition or union that could then say, we're not going to be contracted for this tournament or that tournament, if you're a top 10 or top 15 or top 20 player, this is the price breakdown for appearance fees. If all the players got together and the top 10 players in the world said, we're going to stick to our guns, couldn't they then dictate the direction these tournaments are going a little bit more and have at least uh, more input? Yeah, I, I think so. And I think right now, we have players kind of divided among APP or PPA lines. And so I think some sort of, of coalition may be a, a solid idea just to have a bit of a, a collective voice in that regard, a little bit better bargaining power with whatever, whatever tour or body we want. Um, it's in the, uh, the, the very, very initial stages of getting something going like that. But uh, I'll be curious to see how that uh, that turns out. But nice part is that 
it's uh, it's starting to get some momentum behind it because I think people are starting to see the the need for something like that. Yeah, and I don't know what the answer is either, but I think the players themselves need to determine what's best for them currently, but also have the foresight to see what's best for them five years down the road. Because if you're just, you know, taking a bag right now and then in the future it's evaporated, that does nobody any good. So interesting to see how that will play out. And I honestly, I don't have the answers. And I think that it is exciting to see the growth of the sport and see it go through these growing pains and the explosion it has gone through and the excitement for it. And uh, I think everybody's just trying, you know, their best to do what they think is best for a themselves, but also hopefully the sport in general. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see because we are in such a, such a quick kind of growth phase. And you mentioned that, you know, taking the, taking the bag right now, it's impossible to know where this is going to head to five years down the road. So, I mean, it depends on what your, what your objectives are within the sport, which decisions you think might be right for you or the sport in general. Right. Yeah. Yep. I agree. Well, one of the good things is that, um, we're seeing new sponsors come into the sport. Zane, I know you can speak to that because you had a really interesting, pretty uh, photo shoot with with Deckel and and Ben. When you guys signed a deal with Therabody recently. Wow, Thomas, this was by far and away our best uh, transition yet. The best yeah, segue good. Into that was, We are getting yeah. much better very yeah. very quickly. I like it. Yep. So. Yep. Yeah, no, most definitely. I mean, I think you've seen with the with the professional streaming of the tours, the people are taking notice and like Therabody. Therabody is a, a non-endemic sponsor of of myself, Deckel, and Ben. And uh, we are we're extremely pumped to be the first pickleball athletes to be on the same team as, you know, a Cristiano Ronaldo. Like if he throws me one one millionth of his followers i'd be happy with that so um yeah it's it's very very cool to be on that team uh therabody is expanding just like pickleball they're they're acquiring other companies left and right adding to their 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 line of recovery products and um really really kicking butt so their growth i think is is very parallel to pickleball on a on probably a larger scale can we talk about uh, the photo shoot specifically when you guys were all there taking the pictures? Were you like, yeah, like this is going to be, this is going to be awesome. Like these pictures are going to be great. Yeah. So I are mean, you saying not- that they're not great, Thomas? What? Just asked a question. All I did was ask a question. <laughs> I. Well, uh, it's not every day that you get to be at, uh, at a, a beautiful home out in Manhattan beach, California. And you know, the, the housing over there is, uh, you can only imagine how, what type of, uh, what type of investment that might be. And so I've, I've never had a photo shoot at a, at a cooler venue than, than that. So, um, what, you that nice storied start. that, you storied oh, yeah. that, right? That was like months ago. Yeah. yeah. You were driving through the neighborhood, showing all the houses and then, uh, and then pulling up and then. I remember the photos vaguely. I think you were just hanging around at a net with a Theragun. Each of you had one. And uh, I really feel maybe you did this and I just didn't see it. Uh, Charlie's Angels pose could have been pretty optimal there with you three, like all holding the Theraguns like that, you know, Uh, maybe for the future. You can uh, talk to marketing about that. Well, I'd be on that call, Tyson. I think that's a good idea. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) so uh well congratulations there that's huge uh honestly and like that's the way the sport's going with the uh yeah with i mean we talked about orlando this week being uh viewed on the tennis channel the first pickleball event on the tennis channel we've already seen stuff on espn on uh, cbs sports i believe has aired some pickleball as well and so it is in a huge upward trajectory and uh i mean sponsors coming in that are not pickleball specific is even more of a testament of that. Yeah. 
I think with with gambling rolling out here soon, whenever they finally actually do that, like I think it's going to bring in so much more viewership from places you you wouldn't have expected and, and bring a lot more people just to the sport. And that's that's only going to increase. And even the gambling companies themselves now immediately have incentive to invest across the sport. And I think we'll see that impact um, pretty quickly. Yeah, from uh, various uh, sports booking agencies. And then uh, then I'll just have to have Zane take a fall once in a while to, you know, maximize my dollar. <laughs> wow. <laughs> just Don't kidding. Anything. Wrong I, as your legal counsel, as your legal I'm, counsel, I'm I never, advise not to say anything. I'm never gambling on pickleball, for the record. It's all <laughs> only going to be fun for me. So... Uh, yeah. And Zane would never do that anyways. So Zane loves you, to win too much. Zane, do you feel That's like true. they're like, you're having more and more of those conversations or your peers, other players are having more conversations with, uh, with bigger companies looking to come in and, and sponsor players like their body. Yeah. I mean, I hear through the grapevine that, that different people are, are interested or, or talking to somebody or another. Um, I mean, just this past week we saw, pictures of adidas paddles which is pretty cool to see that's a that's a major player right um yeah you hear through the grapevine that people are talking about this stuff all the time and if you look at just two and a half years ago the really the only sponsors were paddle companies now everyone's got sponsored shoes clothing uh, um, other type of stuff right we have uh, one of my sponsors is, is Duper. They're a rating algorithm that's brand new. Um, so it's it's certainly evolving very quickly, just like everything else in Pickleball, right? Looking back to two years ago where there was nothing but paddle companies. Now there's you can have whatever you want sponsored in Pickleball for the most part. So Right. Right. What's the most interesting one you've heard, rumor-wise? Any, any like, huge huge names worth mentioning rumors wise um you really gonna put them on the spot like this yeah well, i yeah. probably okay. shouldn't i probably shouldn't unfortunately i probably <laughs> ruined it Boo. he was going to he was gonna give yeah, us names was. and products and he was gonna be like well ben well, jones is sponsored by boston market do you remember that <laughs> ellie <laughs> um, i don't even know if boston market still exists that's just dude it does it subway. does i worked I worked at a company in New York and every time we did a, a company event, the one girl who had put it together loved Boston Market. Shout out to Shirley. So we ate yeah. a ton of Boston Market. I had no I hadn't had it since I was like ten years old. Yeah, all the ones around my house all closed down a long time ago. So yeah. cool. Well, I'm excited to see Ben Johns rocking uh, the Boston Market uh, t shirts and stuff. Uh, yeah, well, you I, didn't know tell that, us, I know that we got that from resources. Untucked is is coming in. They actually contacted Altaf Merchant, but he turned them down because he's like, Untuck you know, it. Oh, Untuck it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Because he always laughs> they turned him down. They're like, in. you know my you know my entire look is is tucking in, right? So yeah. He turned it down. Probably not great for the sport. Uh, they were pretty put off with pickleball after that. So yeah, yeah. man. And uh, I mean, he's really you got to maintain that image though, because once you start. Uh, you know, changing who you are for your sponsors, then you lose your authenticity. Wow, so, that was that was uh, that was deep. Yeah, keep tucking that shirt, man. That's what I'm saying. All right, let's let's see what else we got here. Okay, wait, this is an interesting one. It's sort of uh, like a, a quirky pickleball thing, mm -hmm. uh, but it seems to be generating a lot of conversation. And a lot of passionate conversation within the within the community. So, Zane, I don't know how much you know about this, but the uh, the emergence of the USA Pickleball Hall of Fame in direct competition with the already existing Pickleball Hall of Fame. Have you heard about this? If so, like what what are your what are your general thoughts? I have. Um, I probably have not researched enough on it to have a have a full opinion, but just gut reaction is. You know, I think when you have for-profit entities like the the different tours, right? Actually, I don't know for sure whether they're for profit or not, but they're they're definitely in, in competition with one another. I I think that that sort of competition is good, but in a space like oh, pickleball Hall of Fame, I don't know why you need why you need 
two, right? If USA or Pickleball one. wanted involvement, I feel like they should have. <laughs> or one. Wow, that's a savage comment. Are you just upset that you're not in there yet? Number one pro Pickleball influencer of Pickleball? <laughs> I'm upset that I'm not in the made-up Survivor one. Mm. I lost we can out make by a, that. I lost out by a, Well, they already have one, a Survivor ah. Hall of Fame, but it's totally made up. It's like nobody. It's no rhyme or reason, and uh, I lost out by like one vote one time, and then they just and then they stopped doing it. And so for me, but also I was like, what would I have gotten paid if I were in the Survivor Hall of Fame? And the answer was absolutely nothing. So I didn't really care. So I think if it's something organized and really official, like what the major league sports are doing in the U.S., and there's a celebration around it, and it really goes, there's a lot of thought and energy and process into determining who's in there. <laughs> because with this level of the sport, how it's growing so fast, it's like what? There's going to be like, all 50 pros that are playing right now are going to be in the hall of fame within three years. And then what? Yeah. So I think you go all the way back to the sixties when the sport started and move slowly through it. And then sure. One hall of fame is great. As long as it's a celebration of pickleball and something real rather than like some blogger at home being like, I like Zane's socks today. He's in the hall of fame this week and for the rest of his life. And then like, you know, sorry, anybody who has a tucked in shirt can't be in it. Like, that's just like, uh, yeah. So if it's official, I love the idea. If it's unofficial, get out of here. Zane, do you have a sock sponsor? Uh, I don't know. Well, I mean, I, I wear, I wear Wilson, Wilson socks alongside my, my Wilson shoes, but I don't know if that's considered okay. a, a sponsor. I Wilson much- provides my, my footwear. So. How much would you charge me to wear socks with my Twitter handle on them? <laughs> oh wow, socks with the Twitter handle on them—that would be—that'd be something. Um, yeah, we're so, gonna hold you to this. I mean, how much are you? How much are you paying? I, I could—I'll uh, entertain. Oh, this. you want me to make the first offer? Yeah. We'll have to do this off the uh, off the record, but I'll uh, I'll, I'll I think this should all be public information. <laughs> I think the people need to know how much we're I'm getting paid to wear. Right, we're setting the bar right now for sock sponsorships how- in pickleball. Anybody knows the market for them, honestly. Like, whatever number you are thinking for your Twitter handle, I'll put your face on the socks, do it double. Okay, <laughs> Tyson face on the socks. <laughs> well, what about a hat? Would you do a hat? Because that's more visible, I feel. You're not a hat guy. No, no, no. I've got, I've, I've got this you, incredible hair right here. I, you know, but I have I incredible can't. hair too. I just like hats. Fair enough. So don't, I mean, don't, don't diminish my Thomas, hair. Thomas, what you got going on underneath that hat? He's got great hair too. Nope. Never, I, never take it off for a reason. Just kidding. I have. I can see it poking up. Look at that. See, that's great hair Look too. Look at the shape of that. Wow, slick you, back. I got it. Looking good. I got a quaffed it this morning and then put a hat on over it. Yeah, well, that's so, just less less maintenance, less work to do. It is. That's what I do, too. Mm-hmm. Getting back to the so. important question, Tyson, I think I would have to start at uh, I would have to start at twenty five hundred bucks per month for for Tyson face socks. If you're just uh-huh. wanting the Twitter hand Twitter handle, uh, I would probably put it at seventeen fifty per month uh, prize money matching for certain events. Uh, yeah, well, we'll we, can, okay. we can talk. Yeah, I'll uh, have my lawyers draft something up for you. Sounds good. Over. Sounds good. And you want social media? It's going to cost you. Yeah. I, okay. Yeah, I'm willing. I'm. I, I understand. Thomas, yeah, set the bar high. I got it. I yeah, got Thomas it. Has Come it. on. You, you, you had to give like a little little pause so I could insert okay. the segue. Now Here the segue go. is gone. So Zane, you and I talked about this. You told me I couldn't put it in the newsletter. Then you told me I couldn't put it in the newsletter again, even though I was trying to artificially jack up the price of this thing so you make more money at the end of the day with no ask on my behalf. You have uh, actually a couple like pickleball NFTs that are out there on OpenSea, the NFT market. Mm -hmm. Uh, Can you talk a little bit about that? Like, are you the one who created it? Like, just give us give us a backstory. 
Yeah. So, I mean, my dad, who is a, a total boomer and uh, just surprised me one day with, uh, hey, you know this stuff about NFTs? I'm like, no, are those the type of t-shirts that you've been wearing since the 80s? And he's like, that's something slightly different. You, but, you um, He knew about NFTs and you didn't? Yeah, yeah. This was probably back in maybe February or, or March. He heard about NFTs and he's like, you could you could make one. There are a lot of artists and athletes that are making these non-fungible tokens where you can take ownership of a, a digital asset. Um, and so I looked and that was about the same time that Tom Brady came out with an NFT line and there was this NBA top shot that uh, you could take ownership of certain NBA highlights and whatnot. Yeah, um, I own some top so shots. He said, he said, take a look at it. And so I did. Um, I rode the, the NFT wave a little bit uh, and I created a couple of, of some certain things like my, hey, there we go. There it is. Look at the I'm plug. I'm on OpenSea right now looking at it. Wait, go read, 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 uh, read what you see. You can, cause you can own something pretty, pretty interesting there. Something Zing we were Napper talking Till about. Pickleball NFTs. There's six items for sale. Currently there's only one owner. I'm assuming that's Zane. Mm-hmm. And you can buy iconic moments from early in the pickleball career of Zane Navratil and early in the booming sport of pickleball. And then he has six nice looking photos, all a little bit different. There's one with uh, Jenny and Murray, uh, giving you high five licks. There's one of you with, uh, someone cheering for your first professional gold medal photo. I think that's uh, a, I think there's a video of it. That's, that's the video. Oh, is it a video? Mm -hmm. So that was my my first gold over, uh, when I won that point with, with Tyson back in, in January, uh, yeah, and then there's the first recorded uh, chainsaw surf, which uh, is is, a, is probably a good one to that might be hot on the market right now. So, and are you uh, are you taking any bid or are you holding out for like seventeen Ethereum? Um, so basically, I have I got busy and haven't been able to to do this. But what I want to do is program in uh, royalties for or when these NFTs sell in the future, some, so that some percentage of every sale comes back to me. But okay. uh, I haven't figured out how to do that, and that's one of the big draws to NFTs. So I've had some interesting offers on them, and um, I haven't taken them up because at this point, if I sell it, that's the only money I ever, inc- I ever generate. I would prefer right. to sell it for a less dollar amount now but have income in perpetuity programmed into it. Um, for, for down the road. So that's a, that's a project. And you guys, uh, podcast listeners, you guys hear about this before anyone else. I haven't, I haven't publicized this much on my end. It took some very good investigative journalism from Thomas to, uh, to find it. So <laughs> that's incredible. I had someone offer to buy my first tweet, uh, like a year ago. And what uh, was the first tweet? It was something about how, I had gone the whole day without, uh, uh, I mean, something about how I went the whole day without like losing my temper or losing my patience on anybody. And so that was my good deed for the day. Essentially by not doing something bad, I had done my good deed for the day was what it was. And, uh, somebody just, uh, out of the blue message was like, Hey, I want to buy your tweet, your first tweet. And this is how, uh, you have you have to set it up so that I can buy it. And I looked at it, and they weren't offering that much. And so I was kind of like, hmm. And then I just didn't ever put the time in to set it up. But now a lot of people out there that are probably listening to this don't even know about NFTs. It's pretty much, I mean, it stands for non-fungible token, right? And what it is is it's online collectibles, virtual online collectibles. So you would maintain ownership of those moments even though they can be copied and shared, they are not the original. It's much like the original painting versus prints. And so, uh, yeah, that's uh, exciting. And Zane, I have to say, you're probably a pioneer in the pickleball space and industry in creating those NFTs. 
Yep. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if anybody else does something something similar. But right now, the players don't really own much of their own content to create stuff like this. Um, most of the content is coming from uh, PPA streams, APP streams, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I wonder if it'll be up to them to create some sort of NBA Top Shot type thing um, for people to take ownership of, of maybe kind of iconic moments within within pickleball. Um, yeah. Well, Thomas and I are going to put our first podcast together up for sale as an NFT eventually. There, there we go. Thomas doesn't know how to do it. I'll do all of it, Thomas. <laughs> Thomas and I. I thought this whole, before we got on here, you were talking about how, hey, I need to teach Thomas to teach himself. So I'm not, yes, and that's, not going to help Thomas, him with any of this podcast C, stuff yeah. because he needs to learn it himself. Correct. That's correct. Thomas you don't, that you too. don't, you don't know how to do anything on OpenSea. I could open OpenSea and figure out how to upload something I own and then put it up for auction. That looks like all it is, right, Zane? Uh, more or less, yeah. See, if Zane can do it, why can't I do it? Because yeah, Zane's he like, be able to figure it out. Zane's like, uh, he's like, he's Half got a, an accountant brain. I know he does have an account. It's all, it's all dollars numbers. and cents. <laughs> Everything is dollars and cents with Zane over here. Uh, <laughs> do we have any topics we haven't hit yet, Thomas? Uh, no, no, actually. We we actually did a, a pretty good job and we're Man. just about right on, on schedule. Kept it tight. I like it. Uh, do we have any, uh, I mean, definitely this weekend, the Orlando Open is happening. All Orlando over. Cup. Orlando Cup, whatever. Everybody knows what I meant. And uh, <laughs> and then what's coming up for you, Zane? What do you got coming up in the near future here? Yeah, so this upcoming weekend, I'm doing some clinics in New Jersey, like I mentioned. And then the following weekend after that, I'm heading to Atlanta for an APP tournament. Should be fun playing with with Altaf and uh, and Andrea Coop. And yeah. then we have the the Major League Pickleball draft to look forward to over Ooh. in Texas at the beginning of to the, at the end of September, beginning of October. It's surrounding the the Texas Open, so I think that'll be some some get, something interesting. If you get picked last, are you going to be pretty hurt? I would be happy that I got picked. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take um, it. I'll probably make an NFT of the moment that I get picked. I'll okay, have the, good idea. I'll have the streaming stuff right in my yeah. face. I you like can it. own this moment of Zane Navratil getting picked for the very first MLP draft. Beautiful. Uh, and where can people uh, find you or your content or how to get into a clinic? Give us the scoop on all of that. Where do we find you on Twitter? Yeah, Are you so on Twitter I, I or try to do. Uh, I try to be. Oh well, not on Twitter. Not on Twitter anymore. You can't buy my first tweets. I'm on okay. Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube as Zane Navratil Pickleball. Um, and I do, I do a decent amount of, of posting on there. So I also have a website, zanenevertillpickleball.com. And that's where you can sign up for any, uh, any camps and clinics that I'm, um, I'm doing. So cool. Yeah. Thanks for the plug. Yeah. And thanks for, thanks for having me, you guys. I would say, uh, after this pilot, it's probably into the dumpster from here, but I wish you guys the, the best of luck. I mean, worst case scenario, we will just replay this episode every week. Uh, that wouldn't be the worst thing ever. That's for sure. Thomas well, I have a little bit of a qualm actually. Now that okay. I'm thinking about it, you uh, sent oh. me a text yesterday with a selfie of you wearing the dink hoodie, and now we're live and it's not on. And he I'm, had it I'm on. A little bit confused. He had, had it on, but it's uh, hot. It's, it's right here. Got it. Okay. All right. Sorry, I'm sensitive. That. That's cool. That's cool that I don't. That's cool that I don't have a hoodie. That's fine. Yeah, well, uh, Thomas, what do you got going on? You got the dink up to anything special this week? Are you guys filming down in Orlando? You cutting anything together? What what's up? We'll have some dudes in uh, in Orlando documenting a little bit. Um, but if you want to tune into our coverage, just follow the Instagram, the Facebook. We'll have a live blog going all weekend. Thedinkpickleball.com. Um, and then after that, I think the next one will be at will be the. Uh, the Texas Open, which is right around um, September 30, okay. I believe. Cool. Um, and where yeah. can people find you on social media? All right. So um, pretty much everything is like Zane. It's it's the name. So the Dink Pickleball. 
Um, but uh, if you're familiar with Linktree, yeah, you can find everything we have at Linktree slash Dinkfan. Okay, cool. I myself, uh, you guys don't even have to ask me what I've got going on. I'm going to San Diego uh, this weekend to play play a little bit of poker and. Uh, on my social medias, uh, I do actually uh, post quite a bit of pickleball content, but I made my social media handle before I even knew what pickleball was. So it's just at Tyson Apostle all across the board. It's on Facebook. It's on Twitter. It's on Instagram. It's on TikTok even, even though I'm not near as successful as uh, the Dink is on TikTok. And right now on my website, TysonApostle.com, uh, I do have a paddle giveaway going. Uh, free to enter two gamma typhoon paddles and one lucky survivor fan, hopefully a survivor fan, but also could be just pickleball fan will win a uh, zoom call face to face with me on the night of the premiere of this upcoming season of survivor. I saw that. I yeah. saw that you were doing that. That's an interesting so, giveaway. Well, I mean, it appeals to everyone. Either <laughs> yeah. You like survivor or you so like, do you pickleball, think anybody's or actually you like gonna... both. Do I think anybody's going to think anybody will sign up for that after this, after seeing how this zoom call went? Uh, we already have enough signed up before the zoom call. I made sure of that. Okay, good, good. Makes sense. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, that's it. And, uh, Thomas, same time, same place next week. Zane, good luck. Let me know when you're in Arizona, you already are familiar with the guest room. So, uh, we haven't changed it since you last left. We've left the sheets and everything. So, uh, your musk is still on them. Perfect. As long as the code is still the same, I won't even uh, I won't even bother you with letting you know when I'm coming. So yeah, you don't have to. It's <laughs> It'll be like those guys who creep into your to creep into your room to make yeah. coffees. Like you'll just do that to Tyson. You'll just be like scurrying through his living room one day, and I will. It'll be like I never won't left. even be faced. Yeah, I've. <laughs> that's how I live my life already. Is that like Zane has never left? So. Okay, uh, that's it. Uh, Thomas, are you going to sign us off or am I going to sign us off? You can sign us off because I feel like you have something in mind. I don't. We did it, guys. Woo. That's from your other <laughs> podcast. Do something else. I, do something else. That is my catchphrase from my other podcast. You caught me, Thomas. <laughs> Ooh, uh, man. Zane, how about you? Do you have a good sign-off uh, phrase that we could come up with that we could steal and use for the podcast the rest of our lives? Absolutely not. No, I've got nothing. I got something. Paddles up. Later. Later? No, that's that's kind of like we did it, guys, but shortened. What about paddles up? No? You don't Vito. like that? Veto on both of that? Yeah. Okay. We'll come back. Right. We'll come back to this one. Yeah, but uh the first one, we'll think about it. We'll brainstorm. And if you have any good ones for us, let us know. See you guys next week. All right. Bye. See you.